Hey, Jim, what you doing? Making a podcast. Want to join me? You bet. Welcome to the Live It Well podcast, where we hope our stories help you better understand yours. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Scott. You look very cozy this morning. Got a big old cardigan on because it's chilly. It kind of more feels like a blanket with armholes. It's the best (laughs) kind of cardigan. Uh, So it's really nice to see you today, and I would like to get right into the nuts and bolts of some important things. We had a conversation this week that I'm still kind of shocked by, which is you think Apple Jacks are way better than Corn Pops, and I can't believe I'm just finding this out. Wow. This is super, super important topic. We hit the hard-hitting topics on this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like Apple Jacks. I like, don't eat a lot of cereal. I just Can I just preface that? Because I love it. I wish I could eat it, but it makes me kind of sick. So I don't think either of us eat a lot of cereal. I don't eat a lot. I don't buy Apple Jacks, but I do love them. So, okay. So if you like Apple Jacks, which I always thought was like a bottom four cereal. That's so weird. I just always thought it was terrible. I just was never interested in Apple Jacks at all. I couldn't even have told you until... This week that I remembered Apple Jacks had cinnamon in it. I just thought it was apple flavored and I thought they were bad. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I probably haven't had them in 20 years. So maybe I think they're bad now too, but well, I liked them. I think you just hit, you nailed it, which is we're going to talk about cereals for the next few minutes, but it's going to be much more about our remembrance of cereals than it probably will be about actual cereals. Uh, so Apple Jacks were the worst as far as I was concerned. So I always kind of rated cereals when we were kids. Do you remember? You could go to the grocery store, and this was really special for us when we did it, but there'd be like a pack of like eight little tiny boxes of cereal like in a package or 10 in a package, and then you bought the whole thing, and it was amazing. With like a half a cup of cereal in it. Yeah, like not even enough to eat, but it still was amazing. We only got them at the cabin. Oh, okay. All right, so we got them. I would bet I probably got this like four times in my life. It was very much a big deal. But what makes me laugh is they had like bran flakes in them and stuff too and grape nuts and like weird. And nobody ate those. Nobody ate any of those. Nope. Special K was in there. But I always kind of rated cereals. And of the cereals I was going to eat, which Apple Jacks made the list, I, it was the bottom one. So if you were to just say right it now. It was the bottom one after bran no, flakes? No, of the ones I was going to eat. Like oh. I wasn't going to eat bran flakes or grape nuts or okay. that other stuff. Like that stuff is just garbage. Mm-hmm. Instead, which I probably would like bran flakes now because I'm starting to get older. And that's when people start eating bran flakes, right? I guess so. So if you were to say, like, what is your favorite few cereals, Jane? Like, what are the ones that if you could eat them, you would? I don't even hesitate. Fruity Pebbles, number one. Okay. No question. Fruity Pebbles is your number one, which, by the way, as a kid, I did not like Fruity Pebbles at all. I didn't like them. That's weird. I know. I liked Fruit Loops and stuff like that. It just wasn't. You know what it was? They got soggy too quick. I like soggy cereal. I know you do. Okay, so what was that? Like, what else besides... Is Fruity Pebbles just kind of lone on the top? Because I have two yeah. cereals. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is great, but O's is probably not right up there with Fruity Pebbles, which oh, yeah. a lot of people don't probably know what that is. I don't... I mean, until you bought them, I don't think I knew what they were. But either. they're, I don't know, like little corn circle things with like granola in the middle or that something. seems right. They're delicious. And it's O-H apostrophe S, right? O's. Yep. And then I also love... This is kind of an old person cereal, but I loved it even as a kid. Crackle and Oat brand. It's not an old person cereal. It's just a terribly marketed cereal. It's delicious. The whole box is just oatmeal cookies. Like, it's the greatest cereal ever, but then they put a label on it that makes you think it's, like, bran flakes. Like, get it together, Crackle and Oat brand people. Yeah, I liked it. It's good. It's still good. Mm-hmm. I like it dry, too, like, just out of yes, the box. because it's really good. Okay, so my top cereal, uh, head and shoulders, above everything else, is Life. 
regular life cereal is the best. I prefer the cinnamon. Why are you shaking your head and rolling your eyes at me right because now? Because I think the cinnamon elevates it to a whole nother level and you're like, ah, oh, the cinnamon's bad. I, the cinnamon's fine. I just, I'm kind of a, I'd rather have applesauce, not cinnamon applesauce. I'd rather have life, not cinnamon life. And I know in both cases, you'd rather have cinnamon. Yes. And you probably add your own cinnamon to the applesauce on top of it. Ew, no. Okay. I mean, I would, I'm plain. But. Number one, life. Number two for me, Honey Nut Cheerios. I love that Honey Nut Cheerios. That is so nerdy. No. Why is it nerdy? I don't know. What's honey nerdy Nut Cheerios, Cheerios is, like I told you the I other night. Cheerios. It's like Cheerios. What? I didn't say regular Cheerios. I mean, I didn't honey say. Honey Nut Cheerios is like a toddler cereal. Wow. I don't know. You're calling me a toddler. It's just, it's boring. It's not boring. Eat the O's. It's basically the same thing that has this like amazing granola I inside. I like Honey Nut Cheerios way better. Okay. I think they're way better. When you were a kid, was there cereals that you really loved that you just don't want anything to do with now? I don't love marshmallow cereals. Me either. What? That was your favorite in college. I know, but I'm like an adult now. I don't like I the don't marshmallow know. cereals. Like Lucky Charms were never my favorite. People love those. You love the marshmallow mateys? Mm-mm, never. Okay, so let's clear this up. Marshmallow mateys is the, is the malto meal version of Lucky Charms. And at least when I was 22 and ate marshmallow mateys all the time, they were better and had more marshmallows than Lucky Charms. So marshmallow mateys was where it's at. But I don't like marshmallows and cereal anymore. It's a weird consistency, and it coats my teeth with sugar, and I don't like that feeling. I am in on both those things. I completely agree. So when I was a kid, I, would, I wanted cereal with marshmallows. My mom was big on that you could only have healthy cereals, which when we were kids, they didn't tell you how much sugar was in things yet. That came a little bit later. And so like we would eat Raisin Bran, and we'd read it. Well, come to find out Raisin Bran is like the sugariest cereal in history, but it yep. didn't feel that way in Marshmallow Mateys. You know that they have Apple Jacks with marshmallows now? I don't know that. That makes it worse. Our, our friends' boys who come over in the mornings, they tell me that. They have Apple Jacks with marshmallows at home. Now, here is the third flavor for a third cereal for me, and then we can move on to something else if you'd like. But my third... <laughs> I like. I, and I know you would. I, I can feel it. So I think the third best cereal, and this is more a kid's cereal than the other two. I, but Fruit Loops is a great cereal. I love Fruit Loops. Like, sometimes I get Fruit Loops when we're at a hotel where you get breakfast, you know? And they have Fruit Loops. It just makes me happy. Do you like was, Fruit Loops? They're good, but it was never my favorite. All right. So we bought a new door for our house. I don't know. Was it a year ago? Was it longer ago than that? No, it was probably a year ago, yeah. Okay. So we wanted to buy a new door. Uh, our old door was fine, but Jamie wanted it to look different, right? Jamie likes upgrades. Yeah, and just changes. I don't think that was an upgrade. I think we technically well, downgraded. Well, we technically right? downgraded, but the... I was trying to upgrade. So what we did is we went to Menards and we found a door that I think we ordered it, right? Didn't we have to order it? I just ordered it online and for pickup, but oh, okay. it was in stock in the store. Oh, got it. Okay. So then we... That pay- was our first mistake. Well, so here's the thing. So we just were like, oh, you just buy these doors that are unpainted and then you just have them painted. And so we had our buddy Mike paint them, which was great. And it looked amazing. He's a phenomenal painter. It's a really nothing good to painter. do with the painter. It had nothing to do with that. But... It's not really worked out so well, has it? It's a piece of junk. <laughs> Let's just be honest. It's, it doesn't... It, so we got it home and it didn't quite fit right or something. There was some issue. And so we had to call Mike, our painter, to come help us install it because he's also a friend. And so he came and helped Scott install it. But I don't know. It just never fit right. And so now, like, you can kind of see through the crack. And when it's negative 20 out, you don't want to see through, like, where the door opens. That is not a good... 
not not good for your house or for your energy efficiency or anything. So anyway, there's like, I don't know, you can see in spots and... Like the paint also doesn't stick perfectly to a door that's not really meant. Like We get a lot of sun in, in that part of our house, so the paint's like chips really easily and then there's like some sort of glue or something that's holding the this piece on around the... That's like a full window and I, this is not that interesting but the window is like the glue is like dripping and it's a hot mess so we need a new door so what did we do a week ago so we went to the i don't know the building store we not like home depot or those but this is like a like a real like this is just where builders go uh i will tell you this like the nice stuff the good stuff it's really guys. cool actually i really like the store but i will tell you this if I was building a house and I had to walk in there and start picking things, I think I'd lose my mind because there's 7 million choices of everything. So we walked over to the door section. I don't know. There's 20 or 30 doors you can actually look at. So we're like, oh, what about there's this? There's probably like 10. Or 10. Okay. Outdoor doors. Yeah. So we're just looking at them. Go, oh, yeah, because there's indoor. I forgot about that. So we're flipping around and going through them. And we both like a certain door. And so then we told the guy what we wanted. And then what did he do? He sent us a quote. And what was it? Too much for Scott. Well, Okay. Always. It's always going to be too much for Scott. Okay. The the problem is we bought that door from Menards and it was cheap and I was excited about it and it was going to be great. What and was it? Like $250? I think so. If that. That sounds right. $250. Then we paid Mike to paint it, which is great. Um, and so all in. Well, this new door, not installed, just to get the door and the jam. And he talked about some stuff that I just did not follow. Did you follow all that stuff? No. Like just, if you are if you work in an industry that has some like technical to it just remember that everybody else doesn't know the technical parts so like if you're i don't know i think doctors do this a lot i know i my industry does this a lot financially talks over people or talks like people know he's like talking to us about things we didn't know but anyway with the door jam and the door it was like twenty five hundred dollars what did you think it was going to cost scott and i both were like fifteen hundred when we got in the car we're like i don't know probably about fifteen hundred you know that seemed like a reasonable upgrade from 250 but Lo and behold, we were we shot low. So now maybe for next year, Jamie's birthday and our anniversary and oh, Mother's please. Day, she can get a door. Please. The, like, the door's mine. This should be Stupid Fight of the Week. This is the <laughs> most ridiculous thing ever. Like, you're getting a door for your birthday well, no, because the door on too. the house is mine? <laughs> like, what is that? It can be for my birthday, too. I'm totally fine It with can that. be for all your holidays, and then you can still buy me presents for my holidays. What? How's that? No, no that's it's, a negative. It's your door. That's what you're getting. It's our door. It's what we're getting. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So you took our youngest this week for an experience. Uh, you've only done this one other time, I think, which is you got her hair done in a pretty specific way. So talk about that for just a second. Yeah. So our daughter, our youngest daughter is biracial. She is Mexican and African-American and has pretty tight curly hair. And it's extremely hard to maintain. And she, more than hard to maintain, because I don't mind doing it, um, she hates getting it done, like loathes it. And so it's always a fight with her. So I took her to get braids for the second time. The last time we did it, it was okay. I said I wasn't going to do it again for a long time. It hasn't been a long time. But honestly, it just gives us a few weeks where we don't have to fight with her about her hair. But it's, a, it's expensive and it's a big process and it takes a long time. So I'm not like knocking the expense of it. But it's just something that's hard to maintain for, you know, a 10-year-old. But it's a four and a half hour process. They Dang. basically take fake hair, add it to her because she has have the long hair, which I next time I'm going to make her get short ones. I'm just I didn't know short was an option. 
Well, they can just braid your hair, too. But anyway, she has to have the long, flowy hair because she doesn't have hair like that. Right. So she, that's what she wants. And so I just let her do what she wanted. And it turned out great. They did a great job. And it has she, beads in it. She and looks it has beautiful. some like rings in it and this like cool, like decorative stuff. And she loves it. And she like, she struggles because she loves the attention, but also hates the attention. I don't think she hates the attention. You that's don't? all she talks about. She's like, um, mom, uh, even at the bus stop this morning, she's like, when my hair is not like this, I want it like this again. I'm like, okay, can we just enjoy oh, the man. hair right now the way it is? It's like that. That's Why do the you... theme of her life right yes, there. Yes, it is. What is next? Always the next yep. thing. When my hair's not like this, I want it like this. I'm like, but it's like that. She'll even be in the middle of a super fun experience and already be like full on grieving the experience being over. What are we doing after this? Yeah, what are we doing after this? Just What's enjoy next? the moment. When's the next time we're doing this thing? Uh, so this morning, Jamie, you sent a message to our teenagers. You sent this thing, and uh, I'll have you read it. But um, it got me thinking about parenting teens and a couple specific ideas that we are going to talk about. Would you s- just repeat what you sent to the big kids this morning? Yeah, I just saw it on social media as I was scrolling in bed before I got up this morning. It says, Dear Big Kids, if ever you're feeling insignificant, remember this. Your mom considers it one of the greatest privileges of her life just to be in the same room as you. It is, it's super good. We are, um, I don't know. I know raising teenagers is hard and there is a ton of difficulty in it. And I feel like we've gone through some challenging times and I feel like maybe we're, we're in just a really good season with our big kids. And by the way, I responded to that, that text with, and I do too. Hey, me too. Me, this guy right here. Uh, it's, it's been interesting watching our kids, and there was something specific that happened last night, and it, it kind of triggered something in my head, which was our big kids were not close at all until a few years ago. Like, our daughter was really harsh to our son, and he kind of blew her off and didn't want to help her either, and it just was kind of a, it was like a, kind of, I don't know, just not a good relationship. And normal. Yeah, normal. probably normal. Very yes. normal. Yes. Oh, yes. Sibling. But not close. Like, I just want, like, in our dreams, it was like, hey, these kids. I kind of expected them to be close because they're so close in age. So I just thought maybe that it would be different. Which they're but. like 16 months apart, right? Yeah. Okay. So last night, and this has happened all year, but for some reason, it really stood out to me last night because there were tons of high school kids at the soccer game. And so... When she's with us, of course, she's cheering for the team and cheering for her brother, but she was cheering for her brother really loudly in front of all the other kids at school. And I was so proud. Like, I was like, I don't know, it's just really cool. Like, even last night, we offered to give her a ride home. She's like, no, I'll ride home with Nick's. And it's just like, I don't know, these little things. And I'm really, like, I'm, I'm hoping that this is, like, something that's really building for them. Yeah, the other day they came home from, I think it was youth group actually last week, and she's like, we talked the whole yes, ride home. Yes. And I was like, whoa, you two talked? Normally Nixon has some, I don't know, terrible rap music going, and it's so loud in the car that no one can even think, and so they don't say a word to each other, and they had, you know, all sorts of stuff to talk about apparently, and, but yeah, they're getting closer, and it's, it's kind of fun. It is fun. fun to watch. We also, because of our maybe relationship with teens and whatnot, which, by the way, we both love teenagers. Like, we always have. You love and I, them. You and I met as youth leaders in a youth group because we love teenagers. And we spent, we worked so that we could be youth leaders, basically, was what we did for a lot of years. And even, like, the first year of our marriage, we ran a youth group until a new youth pastor was fi- hired and whatnot. It was really, 
So we've always loved teenagers, but there's a, a trend going on right now that is interesting, which is watching boys not engage or pursue girls uh, in high school uh, out of fear of rejection. I was actually talking with our youth pastor at our current church, our kids' youth pastor, and um, one of the youth leaders who's a 20-year-old dude. And he basically was like, guys are just so terrified of rejection that it, they won't even ask girls out these days. And this conversation started because of because our daughter has actually asked or our daughter asked a boy to homecoming because she's just like, this is who I want to go with. I think it would be fun. And, and she's just had to be bold with the guys that like she, and it's not that she like even likes the guys. She just wants to hang out with them or, you know, think, thinks they're cool or whatever. And just wants to spend time with them and be friends. But like, they won't, I, I don't know. It's the craziest thing. And it's, it's true. Like we've watched it with our son, like Last year, he didn't have a homecoming date because he didn't ask anyone because he was so, you know, he's like, he didn't know who to ask. He didn't know, you know, and I'm sure there was some rejection stuff there. Like, if I ask that girl, she's going to say no or, yep. but you have no idea. And then these girls are left feeling, not that they should get all their, like, love and attention from, you know, their yep. peers, their male peers, but there's they're feeling unloved and or unwanted and unworthy. And this is like a theme for them. Yep. And it's. I think there's a, a lot of things probably that play into it, but I think the lack of dads in a lot of kids' lives is is a huge part of it, or even the lack of engaged dads. Um, and then also just, like, I don't know what the world tells them about who they are, and I don't know. It's sad. It's hard to watch, but... Well, and I think culturally we have minimized the value of men. I think that's something we have done societally... Um, we've talked about this and we probably talked about it on podcast a bunch of times because I talk about it all the time. But if you've watched any sitcom ever, the dad's an idiot. Yeah. The dad's always an idiot. The mm-hmm. mom's a genius. The dad's an idiot. And I think we've just kind of perpetuated that in a way where it's spilled over finally into our boys, into the high school boys. Yeah. That's really sad. You have always said that about, I feel like sitcoms are different now, but I they feel probably, there was is like there a, even such thing as sitcoms anymore? I don't even well, know. Well, I don't know. I've started watching Modern Family. Is that considered a sitcom? No, I I don't think so. Uh, maybe the, the is. dad is kind of an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there that are that guy actually played an idiot in another show too. But it's like I don't know. Like I watched this terrible. I watched Married with Children when I was in high school. Like he was just a big idiot on the couch all the yes. time. Like just Homer Simpson was an idiot. Like just yeah. Yes. I mean that's the, kind of the generation you're talking about. But and it has it's spilled into our boys. But I think there's I'm sure there's more to it than that. But it's um. It's hard to watch. I don't know. Because there's so many. I We just love teenagers so much. And we have all these kids that I'm like, you know, these kids are solid kids. They're awesome. We yep. love them. You know, why doesn't he ask my kid to homecoming? Or why doesn't she yes. go with my kid? Yes. You know, like, there's just, I I don't know. I just want these solid kids to, to find each other, yes. I guess. Agreed. Someday. There's a couple things that have stuck out to me. One is... We have created uh, culturally a lot, of ri- a lot of fear around risk just in general. So people are more afraid to start businesses than ever before. People are more afraid to ask people out and date and do those things, interact with people, take steps, change jobs. Fear is a driver that's just, a, it's, it's just limiting and holding us back in a, in a really significant way. And I, I have always felt like... Uh, Though we are benefited by taking risks. You have to fail. 
Like, you just have to. You're going to fail or you're going to live miserably as far as I'm concerned. You've got to try stuff and be terrible. You've got to put yourself out there a little bit and have somebody say no. It's part of what makes you feel alive. Like, uh, my buddy Ryan and I were playing in a golf tournament this weekend, and it's like, this is so stupid, but it's really high pressure. Like, you've, there's hundreds of people watching you try to win this golf tournament. Like, it's a lot. But I was talking to Ryan about how it makes you feel alive. Like putting yourself out there in front of people makes you feel alive. It reminds you of like the life that you've been given and the opportunity. And I just feel like a lot of these kids are going to miss out on that. Like live life. Yeah, I'm proud of our daughter for stepping out and for being willing to be the first one and, to, you know, start the conversation. And she's done that a lot. And it's not, it's this, this is not about our kids having a boyfriend or a girlfriend no. by any stretch of the no. imagination. I am thrilled with the fact that neither of them have had any long-term relationship, honestly, because they're children. And I think just enjoying life and having friends yes. and, you know, and doing the things you do and not worry. Like Veda did say to me the other day, she said, uh, it would just be so much easier if I had a boyfriend. And I'm like, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing would be easier, babe. Nope. I was like, Nope, that's actually false. I'm like, it's actually a lot easier not to have a boyfriend. I'm like, it's just relationships take a lot of work and they take a lot of maintenance. And at 16, you don't need that kind of pressure. I don't personally think so. This is not about that. It's more just about like homecoming is not a dating know. thing. It's just a, no, like, we're it's just, just seeing it. In and, this. and a lot of, I mean, they go with friends. They don't, most of the kids that are going together aren't, dating or anything but that's I mean that's really more my thing is like just ask the girl you want to ask or ask the guy out you think you'd have fun with don't like worry about is she gonna say no is she gonna say yes like or is he gonna say you know like just just go with the person you want to go with and enjoy yourself and have fun and you know it's hard we all probably thought you know high school was the be-all end-all when we were there and it's just such a small insignificant part of your life and I, yeah, I just want to see them be in healthy relationships, really. So and that just, that's, you know, friendships. The last thing I wanted to say on this idea was I was reading something today that was talking about how essential the parent and child relationship is. And one of the things I think we're a little too quick to let go of is how important that relationship is in teen years. Because there are times where there is, I'm just going to say, this is across, this is you, this is our daughter's. There is somebody in our family who's going through something that I can't possibly understand, and the way that they're responding makes no sense to me. But you can't let go of your daughters, or you can't let go of your sons, and you can't just be like, oh, they're going through a phase, and not try to connect during those times, because your relationship with your kids is still the most important relationship they have. And sometimes one of the things we've been learning in counseling, and you've known this for a lot of years, but a lot of times what we're doing on the outside is not what we really need. So a lot of times we push people away when what we really need is people to come closer. So if your teens right now are pushing you away, I think in some ways they're probably still looking for you to come in and come closer. And I just was reminded in reading some, a, a few things this morning about how essential the parent and child relationship is. It doesn't always feel that way. No, it doesn't. I think the other day you Scott came into Veda's room and she he thought something was wrong. Like somebody was I don't what did you think? I was in Jovi's room and Jovi was being really loud yeah. trying to go to bed and I thought Veda was yelling and like annoyed that Jovi oh. was loud. Well either you came running, you're like, I thought something was wrong. No, it turns out I was just trying to hug my daughter. That's it. I was like, I want I'm going to bed. Can I say goodnight to you? And wanted to hug her and she's like 
Oh my gosh, mom, get away. Actually, you know, that one was, she had a candle on and she was like half asleep and I was like, blow the candle out. And she was so angry with me because I thought she was going to fall asleep with the candle on. And she was like, I'm not falling asleep. Get away it's from me. It's pitch black in a room except for the candle. So you gave her a hug and then what did I do? Came and gave her a hug yeah, too. We just like hugged her. It was, it was great. great. It made me happy. She loved it. I don't know if she did. No, she didn't. I'm going with she did. She needed it. How's that? Yep. All right, Jim, let's take a break and we'll come back with some more uh, podcast. Okay, we're back, and we're going to do a little snack attack. Snack attack. My favorite, like, chips. Not, I don't know. Like, there's two kinds of chips. There's, like, potato chips, and then there's other chips. What are the other chips called? Like, what are Doritos? Is that what it's called? Tortilla chips? So it's tortilla chips and potato chips? Is that the two kinds? I don't know. There's probably other kinds of chips. That's a weird, like, what are Funyuns? What are Cheetos? Okay, fair point. All right. So anyway, the tortilla chips is what I was trying to get to. Doritos, nacho cheese, roulette is my favorite tortilla chips. Do you like them? They're fine. Okay, so what it is, is it's like not regular nacho cheese Doritos, but then like one in four or five of them are spicy, and it's just kind of a good mix. They have a Doritos roulette for a Cool Ranch. They're fine. I think Cool Ranch tastes like stomach bile, so I think they're awful. So gross. They are gross. That's exactly no, what No, you're gross. Oh, okay. Because you like Cool Ranch. Yes. Well, they just came out with a new Doritos roulette, and it is for Flamin' Hot Limon. Jamie, can you give an idea of how you felt about the Doritos roulette Flaming Hot Limon? It was the most disgusting chip I've ever put in my mouth. I couldn't believe... Everything about it. So here's what happens is, so inside here, they're not spicier. The roulette part of it is not spicier. It's more sour. We all four assumed that we had the most sour... They were awful, like inedible, except I ate more except of them. you kept going back I and did. eating them. And Jacob and Rachel and I are looking at you like, what is happening right now? You just kept going, I got to try another one. I got to try another I one. Wanted, I got to okay. try one more. So the first one I had was super sour. Like it was crazy sour. And then the next one I had was not super sour. And then the next one wasn't. And I wanted to get back to the original sour and compare and I was like five chips in. I'm like, that's it. I can't eat any more of these. It's so gross. Every time we have something like this that's terrible, I'm always like, who cleared this? Who approved this? Who's like, this is a good idea? Like, I almost feel like we got maybe a bad bag or the something. The chocolate Jones orange soda was like that, too. It was. It was disgusting. Like, who's clearing this stuff? I feel like, man, are people not tasting stuff before they ship it across the country to sell it? I think it's COVID. We can blame COVID. Like, you know how all of our tastes have changed? Post COVID, their their taste they need new taste testers who haven't had COVID. Interesting, that's probably true. Okay, so for the money minute, money minute. There's been kind of a theme in our life, Jane. We've had a few different moments where somebody has talked about uh, like giving and generosity and tithing. Which, if you don't know what tithing is, it's a a word that's used in the Bible a few different times, which represents a tenth, and it's just a reminder that we're supposed to give the first tenth of our income as a reminder that God owns it all. It's not all ours. So. Um, we've heard about it a few times here lately though. Yeah. Most recently our pastor was sharing kind of like the, you know, what happened over the last year in our church and we celebrated our four year anniversary with the church and, or the church celebrated its four year birthday. And, um, yeah, so he just mentioned that like giving has kind of stayed, stayed the same. Even though the church has grown, even though the church is growing in a lot of areas financially, it's not growing. I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but, um, I think one of the things is people just don't know. Like, it's something that, that new people to the faith need to be taught. It's, it's a principle. And, and the purpose of the principle isn't 
you're going to touch on this a little bit, but it's, it's not just about paying the bills and, you know, making sure that the staff get paid and things like that. There's way more to it than that, but yeah, so that was the most recent thing, and that sparked my, like, we should, this is probably something we should talk about. People need to understand it and need to understand why we do it and the heart behind it, and so. So if we can remind ourselves, so if we start off and we say, okay, if 10% of this, of our income, we're automatically going to give to the local church, it just forces us to be in reliance of God, because there's this other 10% that we could be spending on things. We could be paying down debt. We could be paying for kids' college. We could be... Whatever the thing is that's driving you, you could do that. You could buy that new car or you could buy a bigger house. If you're taking 10% of your income, for us, it's a way to live with a little more of an open-handed view. Like it's, it's, it's really easy to hold on tight to everything. And this is a way for us to kind of release. And one of the things, actually, you encouraged this probably a couple years ago, but um, it's, we started doing um, the uh, automatic giving. We started doing it automatically. I used to do it like, Every three months, based on the way I got paid, it was kind of weird. So I just, we just started this automatic giving like two months ago, just kind of is what it is. And so uh, it's worked out well. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's a little inconsistent because of our income or whatever, but we just started that. And so anyway. Uh, the thing I was reading this morning, though, was a Motley Fool had an article, which is like a financial website, and it was talking about how generosity impacts us. High generosity people are 23% more likely to be satisfied with their life. And this is like one of like a million stats out there. I think a lot of times when we hear churches talk about tithing, we're like, oh, whatever, they just want our money, which I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. Well, I do think people, some people have been burned. There have definitely been churches that have taken advantage of people or that have. Well, there's people on TV right now that have multiple planes. Yes. Yes. I, I, you're exactly right. That has happened without question. But I think sometimes we miss out on the fact that what God really wants is he wants the best for us. He wants yes. us to live a life that is free of the bondage that finances can really put around us. And also, we get to live a more satisfied life by being generous. Yeah, it's fun to be generous. I think um, the thing that I have noted, too, just recently over the last you know year, year and a half, is I think people are just afraid. Like everything, like we talked about yeah. the cream cheese last week, you know? And when you have to buy $8 cream cheese, it's really hard to, to like just give away money. When, you know, when things are going really good, it's a lot easier. But I think God wants us to trust him over our finances. And so it's really about trust. It's really about where is, who, who are we putting or what are we putting our faith in? Like is, is God going to provide for us? Or is the money what provides for us? Like, is, it your is our job, job yeah. providing for us? Is you know, like we have to decide where our trust falls, and that's that's reflected in in your tithing and giving, and and so we have to continue to trust God to make ends meet, even when it doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah. there's been seasons of our life where our checking account, the dollars did not make any sense, but um, like we were definitely in the negative, but like God made it all work somehow. And it, it, it's been amazing to watch him do the work and in our hearts and in our bank account and to see things work out that maybe never should have because we've put our trust in him and not in our money. That's good. Uh, for PR this week, James, I'm going to take a page out of your book, which was, uh, this is my not so PR. This oh. I made it a priority that I wanted us to walk every day. Uh, it was something that was encouraged by our counselor, and I think it's really good for us. And I don't know, I 
just been the last week we've been really busy, and I'll bet we've only walked maybe twice in the last seven days. Fail. Yeah, maybe I don't know. So it has been we've it's been a busy week. It has lots of sports, lots of things going on. It just is what it is. But uh, any PR for you on your side? Yeah, I this I don't know. This might be a a PR and a not PR, but it's something I've been working on for a while, and I'm working on it again. Here I am, but um. I have just really wanted a minimal closet because I wear like the same 10 things and, but I also love clothes. I love fashion. I love new stuff. Shoes, bags. Getting boxes on the front porch is my favorite thing. Every neighbor knows because when we're on vacation, they have to bring them all in for us. Um, Most of it gets returned or a lot of it gets returned. Maybe not most, but I, it's so, it's, they're so opposing. They're, it's really hard for me. I'll see, oh, look at those cool new shoes for this season. I want those and I want 10 pair of shoes and I want four new jackets. And, but the thing I'm trying to do is to buy things I really, really love. Cause when I do buy things I love and I spend a little more money on them, like if I just go to Target and buy a shirt, I'll wear it four times and then I hate it and I get rid of it. Or you, you know? see somebody in it the same day you wear it and it drives you nuts. Yeah, I no longer shop at Target for that reason. But, if among I, other reasons, actually. Yes, among other reasons, which we will not talk about today. Um, but if I buy something that maybe it's a little higher end, it's a little nicer, I've noticed that I hold on to it a lot longer. Like, I'm on, like, season three or four of this sweater that I paid a little extra for. It was from Madewell. It's not like it's that. It wasn't like, you know, it's not Gucci or anything. But Nor will it be, just for the record. No. Someday, maybe. No, nope, that's a negative. Item. Someday. Hard pass. Um, but, you know, so I've held on to it for four seasons, and I still love it. Like, I've already worn it this fall, and I, I, that's the kind of wardrobe I want. One where I'm just like, I just love everything in my closet. Kay. I don't want anything new. So where's the PR kick? Is that ever happening? It's just something I'm working on. So okay. it's kind of, that's a why process. I said it's in the middle. It's not a PR yet, because I'm great. not there yet. And it's not a not PR, because I'm working on it, but... Um, and then I like to help out my friends and sell my clothes I'm no longer wearing to them. Yep. And they love it, too. I'm getting texts as we speak. Ah, I like it. All right, so let's uh, wrap up with Stupid Fight of the Week. Stupid Fight of the Week. So, Jamie, you yelled at me this week. Uh, you were very angry with me. Why were you angry with me? I feel like our Stupid Fights of the Week always start with, so, Jamie, you yelled at me Well, this, this week. is my fault, so it's not, but you were mad at me. Why so were you mad at me? Scott's in Winona at work, which is an hour from where we live, and we're going to a soccer game in La Crescent, which is near his work. It's like so an eternity from our house. It's over an hour from our house, and... So I'm going to drive with the girls, and he's going to meet us there after work because he's already basically there. And so I'm leaving. I'm driving. He knows this. Like, I'm on my way. I've already told him we're on our way. And he's texting me questions. And I'm trying to respond, like, through my watch so I'm not, like, driving and texting, which is still probably driving and texting. But I'm trying to be an example to my daughters who are both in the car, one of whom is learning to drive right now. And he just keeps texting me all these questions. And he's asking me questions about our son. And I'm like, our son's on the bus. Why don't you ask our son the questions? I'm driving. Our son's not. So anyway, I finally called him. And I was like, I am driving. Do not text me again. I am not responding to your text. And then my dumb watch doesn't listen to me, it right? Doesn't. So it's texting you all these like wrong things. Yes. And you're like, well, what did he say? And I'm like, that's not what I said. That's what my wife... <laughs> anyway, it was a whole situation, and I don't like any text while I'm driving. You specifically said, do not text me again until you see me. 
Don't text me. Because until you see me, I'm going to be driving. So it just made me laugh. Anyway, uh, you were right. I shouldn't have been texting you while you were driving. It, it's so funny because you responded to the one with your watch. And all it did is make like nine more questions because it didn't make sense what came back. And then the wheels fell off. No one can call each other anymore these days. Like, you know how much simpler it is just to pick up whoa, the phone whoa, and a have second. a conversation? You are like the epitome of don't call me. Are you serious right now? Except when I'm driving. Oh. Then you have to call me. Got it. So, so that's the one know. time. You have to okay. live 360 me all right. to find out if I'm driving. Fun times. Uh, Jamie, you were fantastic today. You did a really good job on this podcast. Thanks, guys. So proud of you. Wow. Uh, and I think we should do it again. Let's do it again. See you next week. Thanks again for listening in as we unpack our stories. Our prayer is that they give you a greater hope and a glimpse of the God of the impossible. Shout out to Lemon Music Studio for letting us use your incredible song. See you next week.